0: You're listening to Work It Lady where you get key info every lady needs for all areas of life with the goal of being the best versions of ourselves. And if you happen to be a mom, be the best mom ever and maintain your sanity while we do it. Okay, ladies. So this is definitely going to be an episode for all ladies. In this episode, I'm going to be sharing my experience with a recent mild surgery slash uh, procedure that I had done. And I wanted to share this experience because like, this is common stuff that causes a lot of anxiety that at one point or another, you're probably going to have to get done or um, maybe know someone who'll have to get it done, but more than likely, you probably will have to get it done. And um, it's just nice to kind of have that feeling of, oh, okay, I kind of know what to expect going into this. Um, I've gotten some info on it to just kind of help calm the nerves and everything. But so I'm going to be talking about my particular gynecologic procedure that I got done. And um, what I got done is called a DNC, but there's, T- like different levels of dnc's mine was a very mild one the whole thing took only about 10 minutes to do um but there are some women who you know have to have ones that are a little bit more complex or they may have to have a portion of their uterus completely removed so if everybody's situation really does differ but i want to do this today i'm actually coming to you 6 days post op and um I wanted to share it like as quick as I could. I wish I could have done it like the day of or the day after, but I mean, hey, I am a mom, okay? So like I got a lot going on and I'm tired, but I did want to get the information out while it was fresh in mind so I can remember kind of some of those smaller things um, that happened or little bits of info that you forget, um, you know, the more time goes by. So um, I try to just kind of have a general idea of my overall health I'm that person that goes for their yearly checkups and everything although who wants to go in for their like yearly female exam and like at the pap and everything like it's not fun but it is so important to do it so if you're not in the trend of doing that I highly recommend you do It's very good at you know preventing um diseases and preventing things um and everything so I would definitely recommend it. um you do that so um I usually go in I usually have, you know, no issues. But the past, I would say about year, I noticed that my bleeding had gotten a lot heavier than it had ever been in my life. Um, Even after having my pregnancies, it really had not been that heavy. The only time it had been a bit heavy was when I was in my like late teens, early twenties, I think the estrogen was just super high. And so I had a lot of bleeding. I also was eating a ton of sweets <laughs> at that point too, which as we learn uh, through the period challenge that really, um, impacts the, the heaviness of your monthly flow. So, but other than that, um, Through making some lifestyle changes in my diet and exercise, I had gotten my periods to be pretty light, but I noticed this past year that unless I was very strict with my diet and things, my flow was very heavy. And this is going to be an episode that has a lot of, you know, graphic details. And honestly, among women, we got to talk about this stuff. Like, we got to talk about periods. We got to talk about vaginas. We got to talk about uteruses and breasts and all these things. So don't let that deter you um, from listening. So, yeah, let's talk about my bleeding that I noticed that had gotten heavier. So typically when you sit down and this is something good for you guys, if you're, you know, um, maybe you're not aware or just you, we get busy. We don't keep up with this stuff. But if you're sitting down on the toilet when you're on your menstrual and you're having a lot of blood like in the toilet, just from you sitting there, you're seeing drop, 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 drop that's too heavy of a period. If when you are done with your shower and you are trickling a lot of blood into the shower and by the time you get out of the shower and onto, you know, the bathroom floor, you're dripping blood there, you can't get a tampon or a pad on fast enough before blood is dripping down, that is a sign of a period that's too heavy. Okay? It's not really supposed to be like that heavy. Okay? So that's according to my doctor and things that I've read. Um, So I was like, wow, this is like really different. Um, And then later, after I did talk to my doctor, I realized some of the things that she described, I thought I was having other things going on, but I was having some early bleeding. So like my period changed from coming like exactly every 28 or 29 days to every 24 or 25 days. I'm like, why am I losing days? Like I need them extra days. I don't want to see on flow like even two days early. No, thanks. You know, so try to keep up with yourself and notice these changes. Um, I noticed that just because I keep up with my period on my calendar and stuff. And so um, I was like, well, this is bizarre. So I tried to address it myself. Um, As you guys know, um, we did a period challenge, all of us here on the podcast to get the period down to three days. And um, that's a little trick that I've used over the years that typically worked. But then this past year, it was like, okay, I keep having to be very strict about what I eat, or else my period was very heavy. And I started to ask myself, like, how realistic is this? You know, like, I shouldn't have to be this strict about my diet to not have this super heavy flow. You know, it's great that I was able to control it a bit naturally, um, you know, with my diet and exercise, but that's a lot to sustain. And so you have to be honest and realistic and say, something is off here. Like, I shouldn't have to put this much work in and how realistic, how long can I keep doing this, eating this way and all this. So I said, okay, when I go in for my yearly checkup, I'm going to request a transvaginal slash pelvic ultrasound. That's when they um, actually have a special probe that they place inside the vagina that gives them like an aerial 360 view of your uterus and your ovaries and all your reproductive. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get that done. Had it done um, in my... Original gynecologist office, which I ended up seeing three different doctors, and I'll get into that. Um, and she was like, Oh, yes, you have this one little thing here, it looks like it's in the wall of your uterus. I can't see the whole thing, but um, yeah, I think it's a fibroid, it's like a little teeny one-inch fibroid. So by this point, my mind is thinking, and I remember the last time that I had went for my checkup, um, Part of her routine is she always just does an ultrasound and she had done just a regular external ultrasound on my lower belly when I was there the previous year. And she had seen a little teeny tiny something then and she just went, Oh, yeah, I think it's a fibroid. You're all good. You know, don't worry about it. So then this second year, I'm noticing, hey, wait a minute, she said that last year. And then she's still a little bit confused about it this year. I was like, "Mm, I want to investigate this further because I don't like anytime I've had any type of so sonogram or diagnostic procedure is very definitive, like this is this or it is not this, you know, I don't want them question marks, you know, I need you to know. So she was like, well, um, since I can't get a full picture because it's kind of placed in your wall uh, of your uterus then I suggest that we, you know, send you to a different facility where they have more robust machines and, you know, another radiologist, a full-on radiologist, and they can take a look. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's do that. So go have the procedure done. Everything looks great. They did, um, and the results, um, say, had some notes there that I need to follow up with a gynecologist regarding that. So then that's when I came to realize that the the person that I was seeing really, wasn't the best to fit all of my needs you know it's good to go to someone that if you have something going on they can also just do the surgery there are um uh clinicians out there who work in the field of gynecology they might be a nurse practitioner and know their stuff but they're not licensed to do surgeries so that was the case with my original person she was very good but she couldn't really do anything to remedy anything she had to refer out So I said, you know what, I'm going to go back um, and get another full on gynecologist, a gynecological surgeon who can also do all of those things. That's kind of how it is when you're in a new area and you don't know like your doctors and all that. I had a great doctor that I love back home. So finding um, doctors in a new area is always challenging. Here, there's a ton of great ones. I'm so thankful, but you got to just kind of keep going until you find um, the good fit. So I found a great fit. Um, She was excellent, went into the office and she's like, yeah, this is in your unerain wall. And even though it is teeny, we normally don't do anything for something that is one inch. We it is in the wall and I can't get a full picture on it. It could be a little polyp or it could be a fibroid. More than likely it's a fibroid. I just suggest having it removed. And then she went through her series of questions, you know, has your period picked up? Have you noticed bleeding in between your periods? Which when I went back, and thought about it. I was like, yeah, there was a time where I I had a little spotting, you know, and that's not my norm. There's never nothing going on until my period comes, you know. So um, I was like, yeah, I have been having these little things that are a little bit out of the norm. So she suggested that I have it removed. She was like, I could biopsy it here in the office today. But, you know, a biopsy really doesn't give us the full picture of everything. And, you know, it is still there. So the best thing to do is just to go ahead and get it removed. And um, this past, I'll say like two years, well, maybe three years, I've been trying to be like more proactive about things. I have a lot of health anxiety, like uh, anxiety about getting things done. Like I want to go for my checkup and then like, don't bother me. Like, I don't want to hear, Hey, you need this and that and this and that. I'm like, I just want to get in this doctor's door and get out. Like, love you guys. Really, really appreciate you, but that's just how I am. And I do try to be as good as I can um, so that that is the case when I go to the doctors. But every now and then, we're going to just have to get stuff done. Everybody is going to have to get little things done. So I was like, I need to be better about this now. I'm a full on adult now. And this just comes with the territory of being a woman. You're going to have to get little routine procedures done here and there. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to just go ahead and get the procedure done. I'm going to do the surgery. I didn't even do the biopsy because I didn't want to allow her doing the biopsy to fool me into like a false sense of security. And I'm just like, yeah, that's fine. I'm not going to pursue it any further. Um, And the reason for that is because if you are having excess bleeding, extra bleeding, you're bleeding too much, you can fall into being anemic. Now, thankfully, I wasn't anemic, um, but I knew that if I left it in, it was only going to get bigger and bleed more from the research I did and what the doctor said, and then I might be faced with having a major procedure done, which that is a lot of like anxiety for me you know so i was like i don't want to have to go through nothing major if you're telling me you can literally just go in there with a teeny tiny microscopic little instrument and nick this out of there and be done that sounds more appealing than me like three years later having to have like half my uterus removed or something like i you know do what you got to do but like yeah So I was like, this is a way for me to safeguard my future self from panic attacks and extra anxiety and stress if I just go ahead and opt to get the procedure done. So from that day, um, which was several months back, your girl was tripping like panic, like, oh, you know, who wants to go like? I don't know how people just opt to get like cosmetic surgery and things. So I'm like, oh, I don't like my nose. I'm just gonna get it done because I wanna get it done. If that's what you feel you need to do and it's like for your self esteem or, or something great, you know, there's always a look at this. But I'm not that part. Like, whatever I ain't got, like, unless it is a like medical re- reason to like go under the knife, like, I am not trying to do that. That's like major stuff. And, when I was going through this I'm like how do I even have my babies man like this isn't even a big deal and I'm legit tripping off this like having a baby was a way bigger deal like yeah just when you're in an anxiety and when you're panicked about something like your reasoning is just so off it just you can't do anything but laugh at yourself a little bit you know so I was like, all right, let's get this done. So finally, the day of the procedure comes. And I have some notes here. Um, let's talk about before. So they, they send you like a packet. I want to be really um, detailed here. So just excuse me as I jump around, you know, um, but I want to give you like as much detail as possible. So they will give you a packet. Um, of all the information, you know, um, about the procedure and everything, and they'll give you some prep things that you need to do in there. They do mention making sure that you have a lot of fiber coming up, uh, the day, uh, the weeks before have a lot of fiber in your diet. That's because, you know, a lot of the, um, You know, um, things that they use, the medications, any type of medication can like dry out your bowels. And the last thing you want is like dry bowels when you're trying to recover. They tell you the same thing when you're pregnant, like try to keep everything moving, try to keep everything nice and fluid. So definitely do that, especially if you suffer with being constipated and things like that. The other thing is that if you're on any like blood thinning drugs or anything like that, they're like discontinue those certain medications you can't take I don't take really any but one teeny one um, for nothing that would interfere with anything. So... Um, Yeah. And so then after that, you will have a pre-op appointment where you will have blood work done just to see like, you know, what your rates are, if you have any underlying diseases or infections and um, just to get a baseline on where you're at. So they will clear you to make sure you are healthy or healthy enough to go under um, anesthesia and under the knife. And now let's talk about that a little bit. So we all fear like who being cut and we all fear it being put to sleep. Like that's something that for me, I think if she could have like done it in her office with me wide awake, like I would have like preferred that. Like I hate being put to sleep. Me saying that out loud, I can see how ridiculous that sounds. Cause like who would opt to feel pain when you have a perfectly safe way to like just, not have to deal with that right like this is not 1800 like we have advanced medically and have all these amazing things to help us so um but I think that's the anxiety for a lot of people is the procedure itself and having to be put to sleep because you like what's going on what they gonna do you know it's like a trust thing you know so I get it that's how I am I'm like what's gonna happen what they gonna do I can't see what they're doing you know so about that so let's talk about the the anesthesia so it's general anesthesia it's super safe like um, basically like they really know what they're doing anesthesiologists are amazing people and as far as like you know how the drugs and things affect you we do more harm drinking like alcohol than like having a surgery done it is like minuscule amounts of stuff that your body just gets rid of within 24 to 48 hours same thing with like the vaccines like you know having alcohol every day is way more harmful than having a like vaccine done you know so it's you gotta kind of put it in perspective that way to help us get through the the scariness of it and everything So um, I kind of talked to myself that way. I did a lot of meditating. um, I did a lot of reading and I kind of detoxed myself before the procedure and focused on my mental health so that I could be the best that I could since I did have a lot of anxiety about it. So maybe that's something, um, if if that's how you are, too, that can be really helpful. I also talked to other women who had had the procedure done, mature women who, you know, w- felt comfortable just sharing their experiences with me. And I learned so much. Like, you know, many of the women I had talked to, everyone I talked to had, had it done. So I probably am just. I got fortunate in that way. They're like, "Oh yeah, I had that done. Like it's super easy." Da 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 You know, um, some even had way more complex situations that I had, and totally fine. So getting that reassurance from other women was so helpful to me, and I'm really happy I was able to have that. So definitely do that. Talk to some, you know, women in your circle and say, "Hey, this is what I'm having. done. Have you had this done? Or do you know anyone?" Um, so yeah, definitely a good thing to do. Then the next thing I did, because I like to do my due diligence, I did get a second opinion just to make sure that as a preventative or a future things, you know, um, that I was getting the best possible type procedure. Cause there are different types of procedures that you can do. Um, and the second opinion was great and said exactly the same thing that my first doctor said. So that's what I kind of look for. Um, is I want to see if the two opinions are meeting, if if they're the same then you know, OK, this doctor saying this and this other doctor over here saying the same thing. OK, well, then this is the way it is and this is the best way to proceed. So I always do that for anything like major or what i Feel major. This is really the only major thing I've had besides having the two babies. So yeah, I want to just go ahead and um, get a second opinion. So definitely do that if you're like, do I really need this done? Uh. So yeah, I was told again, um, girl, you need to have this done. Now a lot of things go into if you need to get things done or not. If they can see it clearly on an ultrasound, they may say, oh, you don't need to get this done. If you're not bleeding heavily, um, some women, like when I talked to her um, fibroids, she had massive ones like the size of lemons, but they were on the outside of her uterus and they caused no extra bleeding and they didn't cause any problems. And so because they were able to, clearly see everything on the sonograms there was no need for action but again everyone is different now because mine although it was only one inch but it was inside my uterine wall it was causing me to have extra bleeding it kind of tricks your uterus into thinking that it needs to have a heavier period for some reason. It could be that it's trying to shed it out and it's never going to shed out. Um, I'm not sure exactly what the reasoning is for that, Um, but it is a reason that you're having heavy periods if you have small or large fibroids inside the uterus and inside the uterine wall. So it was very interesting to see how much disruption a one inch fibroid could cause you know so and again I did not want my bleeding to pick up and become anemic because a lot of women don't realize that when you do become anemic you do raise your risk of being susceptible to developing other diseases like the c-word And the reason that you can um, develop those different cancers and things like that is because when you're anemic, all of your defenses are kind of down, your red cells, white cells, all that stuff is lower and your body's working so hard to replenish you every month. And remember, your body's like... um, almost like a machine or, you know, there's a cycle to it. So one area is working really hard to fix something. Your body's like, Ooh, I need to raise the blood, raise the blood somewhere. It may drop the ball on another area. You know, and so then that allows a breeding ground, you know, for disease. So that's not always going to happen, but it is a risk factor of being anemic. So I want to talk about that because most women are actually anemic. I remember a brief stint that I was, um, again, in my early 20s um, when my periods were kind of, they hadn't been around very long, maybe five years. I had been menstruating at that point. And they were just heavier due to my eating and being new to menstruating. So, um, but then some women, you know, as they age, as they get older, they just continue to get heavier and heavier and heavier. So please keep an eye on your. Um, Blood levels, every time you go for a physical, if it's showing that you're anemic every time, ask your doctor to do some investigating, say, you know, how's my uterus looking? You know, what's going on? And try to get those up. You can get those up by um, increasing your iron intake, having a really good multiple vitamin Um, I take the ultimate woman, um, from the vitamin shop and I have had great results with that. I mean, I have not been anemic in a very long time, so I'm happy with that. Um, getting some real leafy greens in constantly are also a good thing to do. So highly recommend that if you're anemic, but again, nothing is going to help you if you're anemic but getting the issue resolved fully, which is probably getting the fibroids removed from the uterus via surgery. Because again, you're not gonna have to be working all this hard every month, you know, to try to keep your blood flow in check. Once they're removed, you'll have a regular blood flow and be a lot healthier. So that was my my reasoning. Um, let me go back and look at my notes here. Um Yes. So I described how my bleeding was, um, how heavy it was. So definitely look out for those signs of yourself. Talked about the anesthesia. Let's talk about the day that I went in. So of course the day of the surgery rolled around, I'm like, dude, this, like, I was fine up until like, I got to the hospital, which was like an outpatient, um, area, uh, or, facility attached to the hospital I was like um yeah definitely nervous now (laughs) um so so let's talk about it um one thing I was nervous about was how are they going to be handling COVID so this hospital is on point you had to get a COVID test um before did that didn't have any issues there so everyone in there had to be COVID tested. um everyone um had to have some very strict protocols, everyone had to wear masks. Everyone on staff was in full like regalia, like head-to-toe bodysuit, real sturdy, heavy-duty looking mask, face shield, like the whole nine, which I appreciated. They are also um taking surgeries at low capacity, so this is why I recommend. Trying to keep up with yourself. And if you need to get something done, getting it done, um, because right now, because they have to schedule things out because they don't want to have too many people in a place at one time because of COVID. It could be a long time before you actually are able to get your procedure done. So when you have the opportunity, get it done. We don't know how bad things will ever get, you know, with the hospitals and things and you want to be in an emergency situation and then you can't get it done. So I recommend, you know, just get it done when you have the opportunity. Um, So they were really great about all the COVID procedures. My mask did not leave my face one time. Um, I, once I was in the recovery room, the first thing I checked was, do I have a mask on? And I like went like this and I had my mask on. I was like, somebody even put my mask on. I don't remember taking it off. I'm like, okay, great. You know? So, um, they were really good about the COVID procedures. Um, and again, I feel like in most instances, you're going to have a good, you know, a good situation there with that. So, um, now let's talk about some like, Facts about uteruses. So, uteruses are like strong muscles. You know, they are like one of the strongest muscles, like on earth. They push out babies, right? So, it's like this little triangular shaped muscle. And with any bleeding or agitation or anything like that, it immediately clamps down, and it will actually stop. You know, the bleeding and all of this. So that was kind of one of my nervous things. I was like, you know, I don't want to have massive bleeding from this procedure or anything. I didn't like, you know, when they took me out of the operating room, it was just, you know, a couple little drops, like a light period. And that was it, you know, but again, mine was very mild. I got a one inch fibroid removed. So your bleeding might be different if you're having more than one fibroid and multiple polyps and things removed, I would imagine you would have more bleeding. But for me, it was very light, just a couple of drops. I didn't even feel like I had anything done when I was reeled into the recovery room. I'm like, did they do anything? Like, what happened? Um, so, okay. I'm getting a little lost in my story here. Let me backtrack. So first I go in to the hospital, get all signed in. Um, then I'm called to go into like the triage pre-op area where they prep you, get you all suited up and everything. Um, and then the anesthesiologist came in and gave me just a couple of meds, um, before going into the procedure that are part of the sedation process and everything, um, general anesthesia, which is actually safer and less side effects than like epidurals, which I did not know. Um, so I was like, okay, like I've had epidurals, so I should be able to roll with this and it was great. So, um yeah so met the anesthesiologist um pro tip here if you are someone like me and you have small veins and you feel like you know how it is when you're like I don't know if this person is going to be able to find my veins because they do have to place an IV to do all your sedation and all that stuff ask for the anesthesiologist to do it. Or what I do is I always give that first person an opportunity to try to get my veins and everything. But because they are small, if I'm dehydrated, which you can't drink anything eight hours before this procedure, so you're gonna be a little dehydrated. So definitely make sure you get your water in the night before and all that jazz. And if possible, try to get an early morning surgery if you can But again, I'm going to say this, we're living in different times now, whatever spot they offer you, just take that. Don't try to nitpick too much or like whatever, because the healthcare workers got a lot going on and we just need to kind of follow what they got going on and not cause too much trouble. But if the doctor gives you the option, then say, oh, okay, then I'd like to have a morning one, but if not, just roll with whatever they got. So, um, anyway, um. If you have those types of issues, like me with the veins, I did give the original nurse the opportunity to find it. She did not find it. And that was a little, I'm like, girl, you jacking me up a little bit. Okay. Like that, that hurt. Now you, I'm gonna have to ask for somebody else to do this second one. So I asked for the anesthesiologist. He got it straight away. Anesthesiologists are great at, um, placing things like that. So he was able to do it and it was fine. So um, once that was done, they rolled me into the OR, the operating room, told me to just, uh, okay, we're just going to have you hop over here, lay on the table. By the time I laid on the table, your girl was out (laughs) and you're not really even like thinking anything. You're just like, oh, okay. And the next thing you know, I'm in the recovery room, you know? So um, yeah, they did what they did. I woke up 10 minutes later in the recovery room. It was so fast. Like it was so fast. Um, and then they called my husband and said, okay, she's ready. I didn't even stay. I don't think I was even in recovery an hour. And they were like, you're all good. You're good to go home. Um, now let's talk about how they do the procedure because I don't think I touched on that. So again, I had a DNC, which is a dilation and cuterage. I'm probably saying it wrong. But um, what they do is they just open your cervix a teeny little bit. They look around your cer- your uterus with the camera. How helpful is that? Because if they see something that don't look right, you gonna know right then and there, and they can make a plan for you. So just having that is a huge preventative, you know, for down the road. So they look around. Um, they take a sampling of your whole uterus, and then if there's something that needs to be removed, like in my case, you know, my little one inch uh, fibroid. They remove it. You're good to go. So um, I was out of the OR in ten minutes. Um, it was pretty quick, and then I went home. Of course, I still had a little bit of sedation in my system. I didn't even feel like I had had anything done. I was more worked up off of my own anxiety and stress. So I was extremely tired. I still am tired because, as you know, when you're like stressed and panicked, you're you kind of just exhaust yourself. So, um, the next day I did have a little bit of discomfort. Um, I took an advil or, um, amphetamine, which is, um, I believe Advil and, um, that was all I needed. I just needed the one and it was just like period cramps. That's it. Very mild period cramps by day two, my, um, bleeding from the procedure which was very light I mean just a little bit of spotting had subsided okay so that was great I was really happy about that um and then I focused on resting up because from the stress that's stressful your body needs to recuperate and then for to heal you know you have had a little bit of you know um healing just like if you scrape your knee or something like that you got some healing you know that needs to be done so um, I allow my body to do that because um, as a, a nutrition coach, I recently learned how important it is to let your body recover. Um, If you are stressed, or if you had surgery or anything, a baby, it is so important to let your body recover. So this whole past week, I've just been focusing on resting, 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 I have just been um, tired, just very tired, Um, probably um, a mix of the pandemic um, stressed and then my body healing itself. Now healing and being at home, um, you don't want to do any heavy lifting. They will give you perce- like stuff that you should and should not do. Um, and again, your uterus is so strong, you know, it's going to clamp down. It wants to immediately stop any like excess bleeding or anything like that. So it's cool. Very interesting that way. So um, by you resting, it allows your body to just respond and do what it needs to do. Have some good meals. Keep the fiber going. Um, I made myself or excuse me, my husband, who's been amazing this whole week, like literally amazing. I have not had to lift a finger to do anything. Um, He would make me um, my cucumber smoothies. Cucumbers are very good for healing. So um, cucumber smoothie with cherry um, or blueberries in it. Um, You could throw some other leafy greens in there as well. And that is all just going to be so, so great for you. So definitely um, try to focus on healing, eating good foods, have some apples, some oranges, get all that stuff in, and just let your body do what it does. Try to take it easy if you can. Now with this procedure, she did say she was like you could literally go work. Like if she's like if you work out somewhere, not work out, but if you work somewhere, you know you go to a nine to five every day or whatever you do. She was like you're able to resume your normal activity straight away. Like there is no recovery, um, for me and my situation. Um, but she was like, I just recommend you get rest and no heavy lifting things like that. So I was like, okay, easy breezy. Um, so yeah, um, again, just to kind of recap, I am six days post op. Um, I only needed, um, the medication one, um, which is only like a, a 200 milligram, I only needed that like once and then just put in the heating pad on just to encourage that heating. I would just put the heating pad and let it sit, which I'm gonna do tonight as well. And um, yeah, just kind of taking it easy. My only main complaint is just being sleepy and tired. That's pretty much it. A little mild discomfort I had. um, Anytime your cervix is open for a baby or for (laughs) a procedure, you kind of have that feeling of, openness you can kind of tell somebody's been in there and that that just kind of feels a little gross to me like uh, you know so you kind of have that feeling um it's an invasion invasive feeling um but other than that um very mild like definitely not even as bad as like having a period so um This is just my two cents and my experience. And I wanted to share it with you because I want to encourage women who have who don't like going in for stuff like this to get things done if you need to. Um, You don't want to put things off and then end up having a bigger problem later on. Um, So I think just by us talking about these things together, we can you know, gain strength from each other and encouragement and all of that. And um, yeah, I, I don't mind answering any questions. Maybe you need to have this done or, you know, you've got fibroids or this or that. Um, let me know. Um, DM me. Um, you can also leave a comment on this episode on YouTube, if you like. And I am more than happy there's anything that I did not touch on To answer your questions, I I would really love to do that. I would really love to do that. So, all right, ladies, um, I hope that you have found this information to be helpful. I hope that you um, maybe are inspired to kind of get in tune with your own female um, gynecological health a little bit more. And Thank you so much for listening to Work It Lady. Have a great day and I'll see you in the next episode.